Thomas Big T, they call him in the old, you know what, right, buddy? In the old, you know what? <laughs> what, what would that be, by the way? I don't <laughs> well, know if you got so many nicknames, old... I don't know what to call you. Big T, TK, Thomas, Thomas Cook and Kent, the Renaissance man. Man of many names with zero distinction. What do they call you around? What's your wife call you? Thomas or Tom? Tom. Really? It's pretty simple. See, we're Tom and Mike, <laughs> and I should call you Mike, and you should call me Tom. Now, do you remember Jose Canseco? Jose Canseco? Yeah. <laughs> I remember Jose. All right. Jose, Jose Canseco was a pretty good home run hitter back in, the, I guess, 90s, whatever. He was part of the Bash Brothers, where him and Mark McGuire hit like 60 home runs. I don't know. That's all he could do is hit home runs. And he was a little bit of a flamboyant guy, dated Madonna, blah, blah, blah. I'm guessing his career hasn't gone too well because I saw yesterday what he's doing is for $5,000, you can hunt Bigfoot with Jose Canseco. <laughs> oh, boy. Five lucky individuals will get a golden ticket. He'll travel on his custom RV to an authentic, sighting, and proven Bigfoot habitat. We all know where they are, right? Out in some forest somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> they emphasize that no harm will be done to any Bigfoot. Like, they're going to really actually find one. So this is how he's making his money nowadays. Huh? Yeah. I guess we shouldn't be so hard on Pete Rose, right? <laughs> oh, he's a character. But, you know, we really haven't seen any Bigfoot pictures in a while. I hope he's okay. What do you think? What if he's been already bagged? And is this a money-back guarantee? Are we <laughs> going to find Bigfoot? No. You've seen Bigfoot pictures. What if Bigfoot is just blurry? And that's been the problem all along. We need glasses to <laughs> see him better. Or some kind of special lens. Did you know that Bigfoot is the reigning hide-and-seek world champion? No. Yes, he is. <laughs> you didn't know that, did you? I did not. You're just full of useless information today. Yeah, well, I, this is useless. Anybody that would pay $5,000 to go hunting Bigfoot with Jose can say, unless you're a true baseball fan, maybe you're an Oakland A's fan, and you love the guy. But I Yeah, don't it know. seems like he could come up with a better way of... You know, creating some adventure, you hang out with Jose, you know, fly fishing or right. something, but hunting for Bigfoot? <laughs> really? So you're, I'm going to put you down as a no. Yeah. And now, is this a one-day excursion? It didn't say. I guess you go out. He needs money. I'm thinking yeah. it's one day. Really? Because, yeah, if he did this every day, <laughs> that would be how much? And it's for five people? Yep. That'd be a lot of money. He'd be back to his baseball money if he could have an excursion every day, right? Big Jose. You know, he had a twin brother, too. Yeah, right. What was his name? Jose and... Uday. Uday, right. <laughs> they were a couple of knuckleheads, weren't they? Uh, they were the good old days. Tom and Mike. You've heard of Tinder, right? Where people get matched up on a website? Sure. There's a new website called Tindur. It matches up livestock, cows. We're in the mood for love. So they have smartphones now? Cows do? <laughs> well, farmers do. And it helps farmers match up potential partners for their cattle. A mix of dating app, Tinder, and Utter. Tudder. That's why they call it Tudder. And despite what the rest of the world views on farming, it's actually very technologically driven. They go with a lot of genetics and science, and they match up the right kind of cows to breed the best kind of cow. Tindur. Tindor, T-I-N-D-U-R. That's the name of the thing. Okay. It's a booty cattle call. How about that? A booty cattle call. <laughs> I'm surprised the Kardashians aren't involved. I'm in the mood for love. I don't mm. want to milk this for all it's worth, buddy. This is an utterly stupid story. It is? Okay. You know they have one for pigs? It's called Instaham. Instaham. 
Yeah, instead of Instagram. Yeah, baby. <laughs> you're, now you're now you're getting with it. Tom and Mike. You haven't done this in a while, Thomas. Let me know what's your wackiest spam you've gotten in the last couple days. Oh, we're gonna play a game. Yeah, baby. All right. Cue the big production. All right, let's go! Hi, guys. All right, here we go. All I ever get is spam, get is spam, get is spam. All I ever get is spam, will it ever stop? It's time for what's in your spam folder. Spam, 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 spam. I came prepared because it was right there in my inbox waiting for me, in my spam box anyway. Hi, my name is Dave, the co-founder of BedBeats, the world's first app that syncs music with your sexual movements. As the intensity of sexy time rises and falls, sexy time, do you like that? Yeah. The dynamics of the music follow. Finally, no more pulling out to change the song. <laughs> Wait, where's the music come from? Yeah, that's a good question. It must be coming from your phone, right? Well, you got to have your phone on all the time then. I thought it came from the bed. No, it's an app for your phone Oh, that plays the music while you're doing it somehow. Bed beats. You've heard of bed bugs. This yes. is bed beats. My goofiest one is called ventilated gel infused memory foam pillow. It's a premium memory foam infused with cooling gel. I mean, wh- who knew there's a ventilated gel infused memory foam pillow? They're getting really technical, aren't they? Yeah. What are you going to do with that? I don't know. I got one for private jet rentals. Like they think I can rent a private jet. That's more up your alley. That's not above my pay grade, by the way. And there's one about truth about. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other goofy ones? No. I have one truth about fungus. Truth about fungus? Yeah. Drug-resistant fungus now reported in U.S. So I guess you got to buy some kind of topical cream or something so you don't get fungus on you. There's a fungus among us. <laughs> All I ever get is spam, get is spam, get is spam. All I ever get is spam. Will it ever stop? What's in your spam folder? This is a funny story. A guy goes into the bathroom at a Home Depot, right? Okay. Did you hear the story? No, I don't know that I want to, but go ahead. A guy in a bathroom stall at a Home Depot announced to everybody in the room, you all need to get out of here. I'm fixing to blow it up. Reference to the guy going to the bathroom. So the guy in the other stall laughed. And then when he left, he tried to continue the joke and went up to another worker and said, somebody told him there's a bomb in the building. And then that guy told a security guard. <laughs> kept getting embellished. Right. The security guard called 9-11 and the police were called. And uh, the, well, I guess the moral of that story is never talk to people in an adjoining stall. Do you? I never do. No, I've never <laughs> done that. That would be too weird. That's interesting. I just want to make light of something here. You call 911-911? Right. You're right. It should be 911. Well, I mean, if that's what you call it, I, same difference, but right. I just think it's interesting you called it 9-11. Right. I guess I just looked at the piece of paper and just came first and came to my mind, but you're right. It should be nine one one. But you never talk to anybody in adjoining stalls, unless you're a politician, right? Or a sex pervert. Ugh, I, I just want to get in and get out of there, don't you? Yeah. I have this phobia. Never that- going to the bathroom in public? Yeah, but I have to be in a stall and the door has to be closed because I'm not going to be, you know, men, we have to stand next to other men and I just will not do that. I'll wait for a stall because I don't want anybody checking out my stuff, right? Right. I just 
feel that way. I feel very strongly about that. And when I'm in one of those stalls with the door closed and locked, and by the way, I have to get a piece of toilet paper to touch the door. I will not actually, my flesh will not touch anything in a bathroom. Never has. Well, I shouldn't say never, but it's been a long time since I'm a germaphobe. How about you? No, not at all. Although now I've got a head cold and I don't know where I got it from because I take care of myself. You should have not touched that urinal stall. I'm blaming my wife for this. And the other thing, too, my other phobia is when I'm in there, there's somebody in the stall next to me right. who's going to, like, grab my foot. <laughs> Has that ever happened? No, but it's part of who I am. You know, it defines who I am. <laughs> I'm paranoid about everything, I guess. Yeah, well, I've never had that germ phobia. You know, I do, you know, very clean during the day. I'm, I'm sloppy as hell, you know, like I'm a mess. If you look to my office, it's just like, but I'm clean. I take like two, three showers a day. You take two or three showers a day? Yep. Seriously. You take one you get up in the morning? No. I take one every morning. I get up. It makes me awake and blah, blah, blah. Then, So the I, first thing you do when you get out of bed is you jump in the shower? Yep. Oh, that is too weird. Uh, my wife does the same thing. She does? Yep. Two or three showers a day? Well, no, she only takes one shower a day. She takes a shower the first thing in the morning, too, when she gets up ready to go for work. Two to three showers a well, day? Well, no, no. For me, two or three. For her, one. And then the second shower. Your water bill must be through the roof. No, it's not. I don't stay in there for a long time. I stay in there for, like, at the most eight or nine minutes. And then the second That's shower. a lot of work. The second shower is after I work out in the afternoon, okay? Okay. Like when you go down to your treadmill in your gym, don't you take a shower after that? No. Oh, my God. I mean, eventually I, I get to the shower, but not right away. I'm not, but, like, sweating like a madman. And then that's two, and then sometimes. Besides that, I don't stink. <laughs> <laughs> no, our water bill is only about $65 a month. Okay. It goes up in the summertime when we don't have rain, and I have to water the plants and everything. But to me, shower is my guilty pleasure. I love a hot shower. Very therapeutic. I know it sounds crazy, but... You know, I'm sure you do things. That, three uh, showers a day. Uh, mostly two, but sometimes I do take three. Whoa. Clean. I'm a clean man, boy. Each time you take a shower, do you wash your hair? No. I yeah. wash my hair every second day. Every second day? Yeah. Because your hair would be a mess if you right. washed it every time. Right? No, yeah. Plus, my hair is very thin and straight and gets oily because I'm, I'm oily. You know, I used to have a birthmark in my head when I was, I guess it's a birthmark. When I was young, before the age of like eight or seven, my hair was dirty blonde. I had this big black spot right in the middle of my forehead, or right in the middle of my head. <laughs> Your forehead. No, I had a black spot right That was in the, back when you were a Hindu. Yeah. My uh, gym teacher back when I was in elementary school used to call me oily because of that black spot with my, but anyway. That's so mean. It is a... Hey, Oily, come over here. <laughs> right. What are you, you know, doing over there, Oily? Called you Oily? Really? Yep. And my mother, when I was a baby, she took him to the pediatrician, and my hair had this black hair right in the middle of all the rest of the hair. And he said, just go wash it out. It's probably dirt. Oh, that's so mean. It was uh, a birthmark. You know what? I'm gonna, I'll have to take a picture of myself with that, and I'll, I'll send it to you. Put it, it up online. Let everybody else look at it. <laughs> Tom and Mike. Now, this story is going to blow your mind. I don't know if you've been following it. But since 2007, feet have been washing up on the western shores of, of Western Canada around British Columbia. 15 feet, just a foot, with a sneaker or the shoe. And police say there's no reason to believe the 10 or 15 cases have been, he says 10 of the 15 cases have been traced to missing persons. And that feet, this, listen to this, 
that feet easily detach from a body buffered by winds when they're, you know, been in the water for a long time. Did you ever hear of that? No. Neither so they're saying I. if somebody was accidentally drowned in the ocean or something like that, their feet can actually come off their limbs? Right. But this has happened 15th. It just happened about a, a week ago, the 15th one. They have a picture of a Nike Free, it's called. But this is a very strange story. They don't know what's going on. Anybody Doesn't... lose a foot out there? Right. And they can't match any DNA to any. Potato. No. That is too weird. I know. I remember feet were washing up shore years ago in Oregon. Yeah, it's in that area. It's 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 a uh, British Columbia. Coroner says most of them were suicides or accidents. It must be a hell of a coroner who can just tell by the foot, can't they, how they died? Forensics, when it comes to bodies and stuff like that, it's gotten very, very sophisticated. Remember the old days when we just you had a cute little bottle in the water? That's what the thing you washed up? Remember those days? Cute little bottle? Oh, yeah, you know, like bottle with a love it, note inside? Yeah, a little note inside. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're talking about forensics. Right. And how deep that science is getting. Now, this is obviously during 9-11 back in 2001. But did I ever tell you my next-door neighbor perished in one of the trade buildings? No. What was he doing there? He was there for a meeting. He worked for uh, an insurance company. Oh, his lucky day. Yeah, it was terrible. He was just up there for the day. Had spent the night at the Marriott the night before. Went in for a meeting like at 8 o'clock in the morning. His wife... Spoke to him that morning, never heard from him again. And do you know that famed pathologist out of Pittsburgh? Yes, Cyril, Cyril, Cyril Weck. Right. Yeah. They were friends with him and his family, and they actually got some bone fragments that Cyril Weck identified as this man. They figured out that he may have been one of the people that jumped. Ugh. But how do you... How do you figure that out with just bone fragments? And all she wanted to know was, did he suffer at all? Right. And they said, we can't confirm that. But still, just bone fragments, and that's all she got back. You know, 3,000 people died that day, but you know how many have died since then because of cancer? No, I have no idea. There are hundreds. John Stewart went to Congress to try and get funds for these people because they're dying like on a daily basis. Because, because they breathed in all this. Yes. Toxic stuff. It's terrible. You know, and I'll never forget that that August, we were told that the terrorists wanted to get a plane. And this, I remember it was a female FBI agent from Minnesota was trying to draw attention to it, but nobody in the Bush administration wanted to listen. Now, I'm not blaming them, but it's just so funny that uh, they didn't listen to this woman. She had it right. That's a sad story. Tom and Mike. You don't tweet, do you? No. Neither do I. But, you know, millions of people do, especially our leader. Now there's a company called Lives On that's going to allow you to tweet after you're dead. How about that? Wow. That is really creepy. When your heart stops beating, you'll get tweeting. They analyze your online behavior using analytics algorithms. And then after you do die, they'll be able to pretty much say what you want to tweet and they'll tweet for you. So people will be reminded how annoying you were in real life, right? Yeah, right. So, hey, look, we live, we die, end of it. Get over it, right? Right. Get a life or get a death. Now, can you sign up? You're still alive? That's what I want to know. I might be interested to see if you approve of what it tweets. I'd like to find that out. Yeah, that sounds like a really stupid idea. How do you make money with this stuff, by the way? Well, you know what? I was just going to say that. There are so, I mean, here you're a hardworking guy. You've been in radio your whole life. You've had to, I don't know how you make money with that. 
I guess this is better than having a frozen head, right? (laughs) Yeah, but isn't it amazing how people can make money? I mean, I watch that Shark Tank and and people come in with these ideas and my wife and I watch it. We're always amazed what the sharks go for and what they pass up. But there's a million, you know, they always tell you that, you know, build a better mousetrap. But I guess those days have passed for me and you, pal. Stop that. No, I'm talking about building a better mousetrap. You're not that down in your studio creating any kind of thing, are you? You're doing great radio. Hey, how do you know? This is a laboratory down here. <laughs> what are you working on? Tell everybody. Tell I, I can't tell you. Top secret. It's probably something to do with germs, isn't it? It's the next big thing for radio. Ooh, what would that be? Fun 24-7? 24-7 fun. Yeah, baby. Well, I already created that. No. You did. We got to take this podcast to the next level is what we got to do. And where can people find it if they want to go to it? What's this world coming to dot com? Tom and Mike.